everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of More Crofts Means Business podcast. More Crofts, for those who don't know, is a niche law firm in the Thames Valley, and we look after corporate and commercial advice for clients and commercial property and employment law advice. I'm Lindsay Abbott, I'm an employment lawyer, and I'm delighted to welcome this afternoon Gus Baker, who's a barrister at Outer Temple Chambers. Gus's practice focuses on employment, pensions, commercial litigation and professional negligence. He's regularly instructed to advise and represent clients in courts and tribunals at all levels, and he's appeared in the High Court, the Court of Appeal and the Employment Appeal Tribunal. He's here today so that we can discuss judicial mediation, an alternative way of managing employment tribunal claims. Good afternoon, Gus. Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Really good, thank you. Good. Well, I thought I'd kick off because you and I have our paths crossed with judicial mediation already. And not everybody knows what judicial mediation is because we have clients who have claims against them at employment tribunal. And when they are offered judicial mediation, they say, what's that? So how would you explain that to a client? Good question. A good place to start. So judicial mediation is a way of the party spending up to a day trying to settle the dispute without it going to a full final hearing. And so a judge, while it's judicial mediation rather than any other type, is that an employment judge is assigned to the case for the day and will help both parties understand where the other is coming from and try to bring them together to achieve a deal. And so that's why it's called judicial mediation. And well, when the judge decides this or offers this, do they offer it to any kind? Can it, can it be appropriate for any kind of case or what kind of cases is it best for and in your experience as well? So judicial mediation is only offered in relatively complex multi-day cases. If you have, say, a one day unfair dismissal case or even a half day case about people's wages, you're very unlikely to be offered judicial mediation because it's not time efficient for the employment tribunal. But the tribunal does understand that it's in everyone's interests, claimants, respondents, the tribunal service itself, that if five, 10, 15 day hearings can be resolved with a single day of judicial mediation, everyone is going to save legal costs and everyone is going to save their valuable time that I'm sure they'd rather be spending other than with lawyers like us. So it's mainly costs and a, and a time saving more than it can be appropriate really for any kind of case. Just it, it can, it can. I mean, often it's discrimination cases that will be multi-day, but it could be a whistleblowing case as well. And as well as the cost and time saving, one of the things that's really brilliant about judicial mediation, in my experience, is unlike with a tribunal hearing, the parties can agree an outcome that the tribunal can't order. So, I mean, the most obvious and typical example is a reference. So, how whatever happens at the end of an unfair dismissal or discrimination claim, the judge can't order an employer to give a reference in the terms that that employee or perhaps ex-employee would like. But in judicial mediation, the parties are able to say, well, I might well settle for that amount if you were to give me a positive reference which reflected the good work that I did at the time of the company. And then the employer respondent would have the chance to consider whether they wanted to do that 
or not. And so you can really achieve some outcomes that you just couldn't through litigation. And you might get something more than just a sort of generic reference in that case. And, and as we both know, sometimes employment tribunal claims can get a bit emotional, can't they? So sometimes people might ask for an apology or something like that, couldn't they? Absolutely. And I've seen and been involved in cases where apologies have been given at mediations. And while that might seem completely anathema to hard-nosed litigation professionals, and when everyone is there sort of ready to fight at an employment tribunal, an apology might seem a million miles away from the cards. But actually, it's something that some employers or some individuals at employers are able to do. And within the confines of a mediation, and I can explain in a moment how that means the rules of mediation means it can't affect the trial if it's unsuccessful. Some people in employers are willing to say, hey, you know, forget the legal merits of this, but we messed up. We wish we'd have dealt with your case differently. And so that can make a huge difference to individuals mm. who are going through employment litigation. Yeah, absolutely. So on a typical, well, nothing's ever typical, is it? We both know that. But on a sort of judicial mediation day, what would happen? So if a client said to you, well, I've never done this before, what, what's going to happen on the day? Are we all in the room together, in the virtual room together? Or what so a, a good point for judicial mediation is it starts before the day of the judicial mediation. As we both know, if we're working on a case that's going to mediation, we'll have a conversation far before 10am on the day of that mediation to work out what the client's positions are, what their interests are, what their bottom line is, what they're just not going to settle for below or above a certain amount. And then once you've done all of that thinking, which is a really valuable bit, then you're ready to start the mediation. The judge will explain the rules. And the key point about mediation, like almost any type of without prejudice discussion, is that whatever's said within the bounds of the mediation can't be used against the party that said it if the case goes to trial. And so take the example about the apology. Let's say the head of HR says, we don't think we discriminated against you, ex-employee, but we accept that we were quite slow in dealing with everything. We've learned from it and we'll try and do better in the future. And we're sorry. That might mean quite a lot to an individual, but it's not something that they'd be able to use if the mediation fails and go ahead because it's subject to mediation privilege. So the judge will explain those ground rules. Then sometimes there will be what's known as an open plenary session, which is where the judge talks to both parties at once and explains what he or she is going to try and achieve at that mediation. Occasionally at those open plenary sessions, the lawyers or the individuals involved will do little opening statements to explain to the other side what they're there to try and achieve. And then the rest of the day is spent with the judge shuttling backwards and forwards between the parties and their representatives, conveying the messages that the other side wants to send. And so that can both be hard monetary deals. And it is a bit like bargaining for a carpet at some point in a market with people exchanging different numbers, but it can also be slightly more nuanced points. So I might well say to a judge, if I was for an employer, I don't think this case is going to settle unless the claimant understands the vulnerabilities that her case has in these ways. Can you please explain that to her judge? Or the other side might say something very similar to us. And so you shuttle backwards and forwards. And at some point, 
you see a glimpse that there might be a deal that can be struck. And then the rest of the day is spent hammering out the details of that deal. So it's mainly about the money, isn't it? Or yeah. some other things that you can get. The judge isn't isn't examining too closely the merits of the Absolutely of the not. You're not there to be judged by the judge. The judge is there to explain employment litigation to the parties and to try and find some common ground and bring people together. And the judges that I've been in front of during judicial mediations really feel it's their success or failure if there is a deal done at that mediation and they hate to leave them without the parties having managed to strike a deal. Quite hard work for the judge sometimes in that situation, isn't it? Absolutely. And do the parties have to settle? I mean, do they settle most of the time? What what happens in your experience? So I have done, I've done quite a few judicial mediations now. And I, in each one of them, if you ask me at 11am, is this going to settle? I'll say, this is the one that won't settle. The parties are just too far apart. Everyone's being intransigent. There's no way we're going to get this done. And in every judicial mediation, that I've done, we've subsequently settled. By You've always people. settled. We've always settled. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and so it has a really high success rate. Now, one caution for clients considering judicial mediation, the reason it has such a high success rate is that both parties have agreed to enter the judicial mm. mediation, which yeah. suggests that they do want to do a deal. And so quite commonly, I'm involved in cases where my client or the other side refuses to go to judicial mediation because they think they're going to win or hate the other side so much that there's no way that they're going to do a deal in a mediation. And in those cases, mm. they probably wouldn't settle if they went to mediation because they're too far apart. But that's a very long way of saying that if you're involved in some litigation, the other sides have agreed to mediate, you want to mediate, there's a really good chance you'll get a deal done at that judicial mm. mediation day. You've got to go into it with the right attitude. Absolutely. So from your point of view, then, it's pretty successful. Are you sort of typical of general trend of judicial mediation? Do some not settle? Uh, Some don't settle, but often they'll settle pretty soon thereafter. And so I don't have the statistics and I don't know if the Ministry of Justice publishes any of statistics on judicial mediations. But I would imagine the vast majority, 95% upwards, settle either at the mediation or soon thereafter. Depending on how complicated the deal is, there might be some I's to dot and T's to cross Mm -hmm. after the mediation in the settlement agreement, some things just to hammer out. But the big headline things, the money is going to Mm. be settled there. So I take it then if 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 it's always worked for you, you haven't got any horror stories you'd like to share with us about? No horror stories at all. (laughs) They've all gone really well. I mean, one thing that I'd advise to any of your employer clients is sometimes you're involved in litigation, particularly discrimination litigation against someone who's currently employed. Now that can be super difficult because you've got a current employee who's going through a process who's suing you and you have to work out how to relate on a day-to-day basis. And what you wouldn't want to say to that employee who's already suing you is, Mm. can you leave this company in a public forum? But everyone might think it's actually in the best interests to terminate that employment relationship. And those sorts of issues are really perfect for mediation settlement. Mm. And I've had lots of success for companies and individuals, actually, who just 
like companies, individuals don't want to say, I'd like to leave this job to their managers, even if there's litigation on foot. And so I've had lots of success at mediations saying, hey, we've got this claim already, but it would be good if we parted ways. Mm. Is there a figure that could allow us to do that? And those sorts of slightly awkward conversations are what mediations are absolutely perfect for. Yeah, it's a kind of safer, more protected environment, isn't it? Exactly. Okay, well, I think we've tied up everything we need to talk about with judicial mediation. Then it's been really interesting. And I always like to hear some anecdotes. I know we can't share everything on a podcast, but I think it's been really helpful because not everybody knows what it is or what happens on the day and how to approach it as well. And it is a lot to do with having a good attitude towards a positive outcome, isn't it? Absolutely. Look, I'd encourage any employer who is facing a multi-day discrimination case to really think about going to a mediation because paying lawyers for a one-day mediation, very crudely, is going to be a lot more cost-effective than fighting a trial to the very end. And even if you think the other side is being completely, completely unreasonable, it might be that day of judicial mediation where they're able to speak to the judge about their claim that manages to make them understand the risks that they face as well. So in the vast majority of difficult, complex, long cases, I think it's something that really should be considered. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. So we will say goodbye for now and tune into the next episode. Thank you very much to Gus and hope to be speaking on here again soon.